As someone who grew up in San Francisco, I've always been fascinated by our city's microclimates. The Sunset District is so foggy, you rarely get to see the sunset. Soma and the Mission District are generally sunnier and warmer than the rest of the city. Many of us here tonight have heard Mark Twain's famous adage that the coldest winter he ever had was a summer in San Francisco. Well, I'd wager with you, Mark Twain was in the western part of the city when he wrote that. Over the past few months, I've gotten to know San Francisco's microclimates in a new way. I've been out at night, walking the streets of our city. The hate is surprisingly windy at night, and the streetlights of the Tenderloin can create a surprisingly beautiful effect in the fog. As I drive from the eastern neighborhoods of the city home to the Richmond District, I can be sure it will be a few degrees colder out in the avenues. I have become a late night San Francisco weather aficionado because I'm doing a pastoral internship with an organization called the San Francisco Night Ministry. The Night Ministry sends clergy out on the streets every night of the year to talk to unhoused people and whoever else is out and about. It also runs a phone hotline and it hosts religious services on the street. The night walks took some getting used to. The first thing I had to learn was how to walk down the streets differently. We walk very slowly. This adds a meditative feel to our walks and makes us more approachable. We also make eye contact with everybody we pass on the street. Before night ministry, I learned not to make eye contact with people I passed on the street. On our night walks, about half the people I encounter don't return the eye contact and keep going about their business, but the other half do, and that opens up a world of connection. The conversations usually begin slowly. People, people often comment in friendly ways on my yarmulke. I get Shabbat Shalom a lot, regardless of what day of the week it is. And more than a few people have made comments about the black Jewish singer and comedian, Sammy Davis Jr. I usually make small talk with people for a little bit about how their nights are going, where they're gonna sleep that night, the weather, or what some guy in a kippah is doing walking so slowly down the street. Sometimes we talk about more offbeat topics, like traveling by freight train, global warming, or UFOs. As we get deeper into our conversations, I pray, as, I, as we get deeper into our conversations, people have opened up to me about so much. I've heard about incarceration, losing families to gun violence, drug addiction, and being evicted even during the evictions moratorium. At the end of our conversations, I pray extemporaneously with the people I encounter. This has been a new practice for me, and it was a challenge at first, but I've fallen into a rhythm of keeping the prayers non-denominational and praying that the people will receive what I think they most want. The folks I talk to really appreciate prayer. More than anything though, people on the street just appreciate you showing that you care. One time, 
a man was sitting on the street looking a little bit out of it. I went over to him and asked him how he was doing, and he said, fine, and it seemed like he didn't want to talk, so I said, God bless you, and I kept moving. Then the man called me back, and he said, thank you. No one had asked him how he was doing, and he was so appreciative that I had stopped to ask him. Some of what I see at night is shocking to me, especially in the Tenderloin, there's open drug use, and I've had many conversations with people about how hard it is to get off drugs. Before I started, I, and I know my mom, had concerns about safety. But my organization's night, minister, night ministers have been out on the streets for decades, and they taught me that this work is actually quite safe. The thing to watch out for is when someone presents as being disconnected from reality, and then we're taught not to engage. The racial makeup of the streets has been striking. Many of the people I talk to on the street are black, despite the fact that black people make up only 6% of our city's population. Out on the streets, our country's history of racism is unavoidable. Because of my time on the streets, I spent a lot of time thinking and learning about homelessness in our city. If we think about it narrowly, homelessness can feel like such an intractable problem. Our city has given the unhoused money, We've tried Care Not Cash, we've created COVID hotels, offered public bathrooms on the streets, and created safe sleeping zones. And yet, sadly, homelessness continues to baffle our city when we think about it only as a public policy problem we can solve with a certain percentage of the city's budget. Our Torah portion, the Shabbat, Shof team, picks up on what to do when we are baffled by a social problem. The text speaks of a case arising that is yipale mimcha. Yipale comes from the Hebrew root as the word, the same Hebrew root as the word for wonderful, marvelous, or extraordinary. In this context and conjugation, it means extraordinarily hard or difficult. If one thinks about homelessness only as a matter for our elected officials, this is a fitting description of the problem of homelessness in our city. Homelessness is a problem that is awe-inspiringly difficult to solve with the tools City Hall has at its disposal. Our Torah offers us instruction about what to do when a challenge continues to perplex us. What do we do? Throughout, it, throughout our Torah, we find an undeniable concern for justice. This week, we read the famous phrase, tzedek, tzedek, tirdof, justice, justice, you shall pursue. This is a very commonly quoted phrase, but we often forget to look at the rest of the verse. Justice, justice, you shall pursue, that you might thrive and occupy the land Adonai your God is giving you. In order to fulfill the promise of the covenant and live in the promised land, the Israelites must create a just society. Justice is fundamental to our mission as Jews in the world. We shouldn't think of homelessness only as a perplexing problem that our city leaders should solve. Instead, our prophetic tradition tells us that homelessness is a problem that everyone in our city should take personally. This means that homelessness 
should make us consider fundamental questions about how our society functions. If we look to the beautiful dome of our sanctuary, we read, a verse, we read there a verse from the book of Micah. It hath been told thee, O man, what is good, to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with thy God. Our holy texts remind us that it is, a, it is an affront to all of us that there is so much suffering on our streets. While our scriptures tell us of the importance of caring for the poor, we can also turn to something complementary to the Torah to offer us instruction. In 11th century Spain, the Jewish philosopher Bachia ibn Pakuda latched on to the exploration of what to do when one is confronted with a baffling problem. Bachia used this passage to help him negotiate when we should look to Jewish law for guidance and when we should try to figure out what to do based on reason. As a philosopher and a committed Jew, Bachia believed both that our tradition should offer us a blueprint for ethical action and that we should use our own capacity for reason to figure out what is right. The lessons I've learned from my intuitive sense of what is right have been most meaningful, me for, meaningful to me this summer as I think about the problem of homelessness in our streets. Again and again, my experience has taught me the most obvious and fundamental lesson about interacting with people who are different from you. I am more like them than I am unlike them. For many housed people in San Francisco, including me, I find it's common to fall into a trap of feeling different from unhoused people. Those of us who live indoors can have the natural tendency of focusing too much on how we are unlike people who sleep on the streets. This can lead us to overlook unhoused people when we pass them on the street. It can also lead us to overlook problems with the way we structure our society. My teachers at the night ministry have taught me to provide what they call a ministry of presence, to listen to people I encounter compassionately without trying to fix them. By listening to people, I've seen them express the fullest range of human experiences. There's deep sadness in some people's eyes. People sometimes tell heartbreaking stories and sometimes they cry. People have also sung with me, laughed with me, expressed profound gratitude simply for being alive and prayed. When I drive home to the Richmond district at 2.30 in the morning after a night on the streets, and can feel like I'm driving into a different reality. And yet the people I speak with on the street are just like every one of us. They face the most human of problems, sleep deprivation, loneliness, cold, hunger, fear for their physical safety, and the lasting effects of trauma. As I've learned more about homelessness, I've come to appreciate the importance of certain policy solutions. The most significant one is the simple lack of housing in our society. It's clear that there's not enough affordable housing for people in San Francisco, in the Bay Area, and in our state. And I urge you to support the creation of more affordable housing in our communities. But what is most important for me to say to you tonight is that we all must remember our fundamental similarity as we use the power we hold in society. Those of us who live on the streets aren't different from those of us who sleep indoors. 
We must show all people in this city that we care for them. One of the most heartbreaking conversations I had this summer was with a woman in the Tenderloin. She told me that especially during the pandemic, she feels that people in our city simply don't care about her well-being and the well-being of other people on the streets. I know that on some level, everyone knows that people who sleep on the streets are people. The problem is that in our city, it can be easy to fall into us or them. Our collective failing to think about ourselves as one community has ramifications. The woman I spoke with the other night had good reason to believe what she said. All too often, it can feel from her perspective that we forget to, to see people who are struggling to find shelter as similar to the rest of us. Those of us who are comfortably housed should show people on the streets that we care. In small ways, when we pass people lying on the streets, when they ask us for money, when they seek eye contact and acknowledgement, and also in large ways, when we think about where to donate our money, when we vote, when we volunteer with Sheriff Israel's Hamotzi and other initiatives, when we consider what to prioritize in city planning, and when we think about what society we want to create. The famous verse that includes tzedek tzedek tirdof, justice, justice you shall pursue, concludes with a beautiful vision of the flourishing society we can create if we work together to make our communities more just. Creating this thriving society depends on remembering the fundamental commonality of everyone in our city. May we prove that we value our shared humanity. Then, may we all thrive together in the world Adonai, our God, has given us. Kenyi may it be God's will.